this is EJ. <laughs> and this is Melinda. And this is EJ. And this is our podcast. It's called Dusty Pages. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the uh, show. The sh- to the show. Um, what do I got in my hams here? Uh, you have a book. What is this? Like always. I had never heard of a book. What kind of book this is? This is a, a different kind of book. Um, well, it is an old one. It so, is pretty so old. So it's like the others. Uh, but this one is... It's a it's about singing. It's about learning to sing. Singing book? But books is for reading. <laughs> yeah, this book is for uh, reading and singing, I guess. How does it teach you how to sing if it's just got words in it? Well, I guess we'll have to find out when we when we open it up. But why don't you first uh, describe what you're what you're looking at here? This is a book uh, <laughs> about the size of a sheet of paper, about as thick as uh, a stack of nickels. <laughs> uh, some amount of nickels. Some yeah. uh, dollars worth of nickels, I'd say. <laughs> dollars worth, okay. Um, All right. <laughs> and it's blue. It's uh, got that kind of book feel to it. It's kind of the edges are a little um, uh, worn. Yeah, but not too bad. Not too bad. It might have had it's a dust worse. cover. I think. I don't know. Yeah, it probably did. Probably did. Not no more. It's got a nice binding. The pages are pretty... Um, They're pretty, pretty yellowed, aren't not they? yellow. I don't know what color that is. Brown? They're, <laughs> They're pretty brown. Right. They're yellow and verging into brown. What book... Is, what's this called? It says, Class Lessons in Singing. By Pierce and by Pierce. Silver Burdett. Or is it... Might be published by Pierce. I don't know. So one of those. On the first page, there's someone has written their name in the corner. It's oh. Lolita Pearson. Lolita Pearson. How nice. Thanks, she Lolita. has lovely handwriting. Yeah, it's very lovely, isn't it? You don't see many people called Lolita anymore. No. The book kind of ruined that. <laughs> this one says, Class Lessons in Singing by Anne E. Pierce at the State University of Iowa with additional suggestions by Estelle Liebling at the Curtis Institute of Music. Ooh, professionals. And it's published by the Sir Silver Burdett Company. And this did confuse me at first, because I thought this might have been the copyright date, but the the little logo for Silver Burdett Company says 1885, but this book is not from 1885. Let's see. When is it? Let's see. The next page has a... Has a bunch of acknowledgments. Acknowledgments over here. Here's a copyright. Copyright 1937. Wow. Printed in the United States and America. Wow. Uh, there's a little preface here. Is it preface or preface? Preface. Preface. I say preface. Whenever I read it, though, I always say preface. Hmm. <laughs> but no, there's a preface. This is the preface, and then over here with the rest of the book, that's all the face. That's the regular face, yeah. It's from the author, something about this is a guide based on research hmm. on how to sing, or, or how to lead singing lessons, I think, is what it really is. That makes sense. All right, so let's scoochie on over to the foreword to the teacher. This course is designed to cover a year's study when the class meets two or more periods a week for recitations approximately one hour in length. We're a, we're a, we're a singing teacher now. Oh, are we? Are you teaching me, or are we teaching everyone? Um, I think we'll we'll be the teachers. Okay, we're co co teaching here. Well, neither of us knows how to read music. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is true. Um, so EJ, well, we'll get to this in a minute, but EJ um, found an app that allows you to take a photo of sheet music and it will play it. Um, we don't know how reliable that is. It se- we tested it and it seemed pretty... It seemed, it seemed fine, but go with it. <laughs> I don't know how to read music, so I can't... I can't confirm the veracity of, of right. what it produced. And I took, you know, I took like choir <laughs> into the high school level. So <laughs> at some point I learned how to read music, but I was never very good at it. And I definitely can't like sight read anymore. So, but it seemed like the app was doing a pretty good job. So we'll, we'll rely on that for these little, there's little like singing exercises that they give you. So we'll, we'll try to, <laughs> we'll try to do those if we can. This part is to you, the audience, AKA to the student in order to realize progress toward vocal perfection. Lessons should be practiced regularly and faithfully. So keep that in mind. Yep. You're going to need to practice guys. If you want to improve you can't your just singing, listen. this is no longer a passive experience. <laughs> There's a list of illustrations here, which is interesting. Oh. Um, the first one says, singing from a medieval manuscript. And there's a, it says, from the painting by Max Sense. Is this a painting or a photo? Uh, I can't. It looks like, it looks a, like photo, a photo. But maybe it's just it's a really old. good painting. I mean, it's <clears> like <throat> a very old black and white photo um, of some women dressed up in medieval garb singing. Yeah. They're singing from a medieval manuscript. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I they guess. would be. <laughs> So I guess there's going to be little strange uh, reenactments <laughs> of singing in this book. Okay. Chapter one, singing is called. What's the little quote? I do but sing because I must and pipe, but as the linnets sing. What? By Tennyson. Yeah. I don't know what he's saying. Well, you know, you gotta sing. Gotta sing. Cause you gotta. Because singing occurs frequently in our daily lives. If you counted the times you heard it each day, the number would surprise you. In (laughs) truth, until attention is directed toward it, one is oftentimes quite oblivious of it. Proof of this may be found in the fact that many of us hum or sing upon occasion without thinking of what we are doing. Familiarity with singing, however, does not necessarily imply knowledge or understanding. Therefore, it may be well, before beginning the study of voice, to ask, What is singing? And of what value is it? That is a good question. What is singing? (laughs) What does singing mean to you, Minna? What does it mean? Yeah. Like, what what do I think it is? Well, here's the thing. At the end of this (laughs) chapter, this chapter that is one page long, it says, Questions and activities. Um, Number two is formulate your own definition of singing. So, what does it mean to you? Uh, I guess it's like when you... Or what what do they say in The Music Man? It's like elongated talking. (laughs) (laughs) It's just talking where you... You vibrate your voice the whole time. Wow. <laughs> or, or something. I don't know. I don't know. What are William Byrd's reasons why every man should sing? Reasons briefly set down by the author in 1588 oh. to persuade everyone to learn to sing. First, it's easily taught. So therefore you should learn it. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Second, uh, it's delightful to nature and good to preserve the health. Third, it strengthens all parts of the breast and doth open the pipes. Doth open the pipes. (laughs) Fourth, it's a singular good remedy for stuttering and stammering in the speech. Mm. Fifth, it's the best means to procure a perfect pronunciation and to make a good orator. Sixth, it's the only way to know where nature hath bestowed the benefit of a good voice, which gift is so rare as there is not one among a thousand that hath it. (laughs) Not one in a thousand people has a good voice. Uh, that seems low. I don't know about all that. I've seen TikTok. A lot of those people sing good. 
Right. It's maybe like one in a hundred. <laughs> Seventh, there is not any music of instruments whatsoever comparable to that which is made of the voices of men where the voices are good and the same well sorted and ordered. Now, uh, you could compress well, that sentence, Billy. Yeah, plus like, I mean, instruments are pretty dang good. They're, pretty They're better good. than us at making notes. <laughs> People can only sing in like maybe three octaves, mm. you know? Eighth, so, like, I don't know about that. The better the voice is, the meter it is to honor and serve God therewith, and the voice of man is chiefly to employed to that end. Okay. Omnis spiritus laudet dominum. All right. What was the accent? That's Latin. That's your Latin accent? I guess. Does that mean this? Since singing is so good a thing, I wish all men would learn to sing. What about right. women? Ever think of that? Chapter 2, Vocal Training. Vocal Training. The tenor's voice is spoiled by affectation, and for the bass, the beasts can only bellow. In fact, he had no singing education, an ignorant, noteless, timeless, tuneless fellow. That's from Byron. It's probably Lord Byron? I don't know. So he's just talking about some bad singers, not singers in general, right? Dude, it seems like he hates (laughs) singers. Oh, yeah, I think that's it. (laughs) All right, um... We've got some more photos here. Now, these are definitely photos. They're like... Daguerreotypes? Yeah, they're like daguerreotypes. They're like those really old, the ones that were on plates. So, these are just some notable singing teachers. Singers, I guess. Or, yeah, just singers. Uh, Jenny Lind, the Swedish prima donna, whose tours in America may be said to have begun artist concerts as we know them today. Oh. I always thought prima donna meant, like, you know, Madonna. I thought it meant, like... (laughs) people before her what or like people who are aspiring to be madonna so they um so they like they dress up funny pre madonna Uh uh (laughs) okay all right so you never saw it like written down (laughs) no not till i was a young man wow then we've got matilda marchese oh probably pronounced differently because she's french (laughs) eminent teacher of paris at the close of the 19th century Giovanni Spigliulia. Just too many uh, consonants next to each other. <laughs> He's got a great mustache. He does he? have a fine mustache. It's very bushy and it's got the little flicked out ends. Mm-hmm. He looks you, like he you can know, sing. You know he's taking care of that mustache. Yeah, this is just saying that like voice training's good. Oh, well, here's some more photos. More photos. All these people are like in costume, you know, like. They're probably in the theater. Yeah, in the theater. Uh, just like a bunch of sopranos, really. This lady's got a little tambourine. That's fun. That's fun. She's in Carmen. Oh, she's playing <laughs> Carmen. That's Emma Calve, a mezzo-soprano. Um, Make a list of the famous singers you frequently hear over the air. If possible, bring pictures of them to class and find out interesting facts about their careers. And if possible, their teachers and musical background. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to go that in depth. <laughs> well, should I try playing this piece of song they wrote? I guess so. It looks like it's handwritten, so it I don't says, know how good that the... It does look handwritten. Like, it's a... Oh, it looks like a photocopy of someone... Of music someone wrote with a pencil. What's the text say? <laughs> it says, Madame Verdo Garcia's vocalizes for coloratura. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> so I took the photo. I'm processing it now. I don't know if it'll pick up everything. I guess we could try playing it. Yeah. That doesn't sound right. Wow. No, it's it's missing a lot. It's doing a bad job. It's 
seems like it's getting some of them and then it's just skipping lines. Yeah, I think that might be <laughs> the fault of the person who wrote the music. Sorry. Well, they did write it kind of badly, didn't they? So, yeah, most of, the, most of the music in here I don't think is handwritten like that. So <laughs> we'll maybe get a better test of, of that app. Uh, chapter number three, the vocal instrument. The tones of human voices are mightier than strings or brass to move the soul. From Klopstock. 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 This is claiming the voice is without doubt the most efficient sound producer in existence. This even better than a synthesizer? <laughs> Well, maybe in 1937, that might be true. Uh, we're talking about vibrations. Oh, here's Ooh. some some sensual photos. <laughs> These are uh, diagrams of the larynx as seen through the laryngoscope. Is that like a thing you put down? Probably, I hope so. Down someone's mouth? That's gross. Uh, this is showing the position of vocal cords during quiet respiration and during production of sound. During respiration, they're, like, relaxed say, and separated. They both look like vaginas. <laughs> they do look like vaginas, but it's not a vagina. It's a vocal cord. It's a vocal cord. Um, and then when making a sound, they're, like, tight together, and there's just a little space between them. Um, and it vibrates, huh? That makes sense. Here's a, pic a diagram of the articulatory organs, and it's, like, a cutaway of a person's mouth. Right. And you got the hard palate and the teeth and the lips and the tongue. <laughs> tongue. And the soft palate and, and the, the uvula. uvula. The uvula is the one that goes... <laughs> In the back of your throat. Articulator. It makes it makes me want to articulate. Articulatory. The lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. The tip of the tongue and the tip of the teeth. <laughs> is that how it goes? No. <laughs> More photos of singers, I guess. Uh... I'm starting to get bored by the photos. Wow. It's just like, there's just a quad it's here. There's just some headshots. Of headshots. And they're all, I mean, they're just in costume. The costumes are great. But I get it. You know, these are people who sing. Sure. I get I'm Yeah, we've seen them. These all actually look like the same person, but they're not. Okay, chapter four, breathing. Thou takest away their breath, they die and return to their dust. Wow. Psalms 104.29. Getting getting a little Biblical. little dramatic there as life is dependent upon breath so is voice for it is air exhaled from the lungs that sets the vocal cords into vibration thereby generating tone regardless of the manner in which you breathe however there must be air inhaled or taken into the body and it must be exhaled or sent out taking that's true air into the body is called inhalation or inspiration inspiration <sighs> sending it out is called exhalation or expiration hmm these two acts are known as respiration. In repose, breathing should be done quietly and leisurely through the nose. Mm. Nope, I'm a mouth breather. <laughs> in speaking or singing, a greater supply of air is needed and breath is taken through the mouth as well. Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> when voice is not used and when a person is calm and composed, inhalation is followed almost immediately by exhalation. A slight pause ensues and the operation is then repeated. <sighs> <laughs> Makes you want to breathe, doesn't mm. it? Okay, so we've got some diagrams of posture. Good standing posture. Natural, easy position, body well poised, abdomen in, chest high. Student producing a good vowel sound of ah. There's a man here uh. in a an old-timey suit holding his little uh, music in front of him and just has great posture, doesn't he? He's standing straight up. He is... 
His mouth is agape, presumably saying ah. And then the man next to him has poor standing posture. Oh. Lifeless, sluggish. This is a goofus and gallant situation. Right. They're showing us the good and the bad. Lifeless, sluggish, chest caved in, abdomen forward, weight off, balls of feet. He's pretty slouched over. He's not going to get a good uh, vocal. <laughs> he is not even trying. Whatever. He doesn't have his music and his mouth is not open No, singing. he's just looking. He's just looking. Actually, isn't that fine then if you're not singing? Yeah, he's not trying. <laughs> and then we've got sitting. Uh, good sitting posture is body erect. Hell yeah. Back not touching chair. Note appearance of free tone production, absence of muscular strain, loose jaw. I am always I mean, slack jawed. He's just kind of sitting in a chair, isn't he? Uh, I guess his back <laughs> is kind of straight, but he's just sitting in a chair. And then they've got poor sitting posture, slouched against the back of chair, body not poised for singing. This is true, actually, because he's like, his butt is like closer uh -huh. to the front of the mm -hmm. chair. He's on the edge of his seat. But, he's on the edge of his seat not, for singing. Yeah. All right, good. So now we know how to sit and stand. Correct breathing is deep, inaudible, and with no perceptible movement of the upper chest and shoulders. Is that true? <sighs> I guess if I breathe deep, that <laughs> right. I, there's that was not correct. Movement. That was not correct. Singing teachers generally have defined this manner of breathing diaphragmatic costal. The term refers to muscles that are largely responsible for proper action. The diaphragm is a large, strong muscle shaped like a dome or inverted saucer that separates the chest from the abdomen. We learned last time that having a diaphragm is a characteristic of mammals. Right. No other types of animals have diaphragms. That's pretty weird. So that means that birds can't sing? Hmm. How do... Huh. <laughs> <laughs> if you place your hands at the base of your ribs with thumbs at the back. Okay. Wait, place your hands at the base of your ribs with thumbs at the back and four fingers like, at the front. Okay. Like your... Like, thumbs on your back. Okay. Okay. Uh, and quickly draw in breath as when frightened or startled, the movement of these muscles should be evident. <laughs> Wait, what muscles? The diaphragm. Oh yeah, okay, I feel it. Got to sound To permit free action of the breathing muscles, posture must be correct. The chest should be up, the abdomen in, the ribs up from the hips, and the head and chin held naturally and comfortably erect. There's that word again. <laughs> As a rule, the chin should form approximately a right angle with the throat. When you're standing, the knees should be straight, and the weight of the body should be on the balls of the feet, which should not be placed too far apart. The hands should usually be held easily in front of you at about the waist. The body should be erect, alert, and devoid of stiffness at all times. How are you going to be erect and devoid of stiffness? <laughs> right. Which one you want? You can't have it both ways. Mm. Stand erect with the correct singing posture. This is an exercise. Like, we're supposed to okay. do this. Inhale through the nose quietly and easily. With lips rounded, exhale gently through the mouth as if blowing. <sighs> Keep the breath stream even. Do not let the chest drop during exhalation. Inhale with the lips slightly parted. Take only a comfortable amount of breath. Retain or hold breath while thinking the count of five. Then exhale it with a prolonged hissing sound while thinking the count of ten. The count of ten is very long. That is unpleasant. I am sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> Take a gentle deep breath through the nose and mouth. Gradually expend the breath while whistling distinctly one oh whispering distinctly <laughs> one two three and so forth repeat counting aloud 
or singing on a pitch, lying in a comfortable part of the voice. Count as far as you can with ease. Okay, ready? Mm Mm-hmm. So take a deep breath. Mm Mm-hmm. One, two, two, three. three. Oh, we're supposed to be whispering. Yeah, hold on, wait, sorry again. (laughs) I got to 22. Hold on. Oh, here's my soda. What are you doing? Hear the bubbles. Do you hear the, the little bubbles? <laughs> are you trying to get Yeah, ASMR? we're an ASMR channel now. Okay. All right, so we know. We, now we know how to breathe. You know how to breathe. <laughs> Chapter 5, Quality of Voice. Let me hear his voice that I may know him, said Socrates. <laughs> The quotes are getting a little bit lazy. I have to say, it looks. It's like I mean, I know this is 1937, so it's probably harder to look this stuff up. But it's like she just Googled voice Voice. quote. Uh huh. (laughs) Just got the first one. Your voice is an individual possession. No one else has an instrument just like it. This is so because of its physical makeup and the way you use it. It is true also because it reflects your state of health and mind. If you are ill and lacking in vitality, that's me. And if you have weak weak lungs and diseased vocal organs, the quality of your voice shows it. To have an attractive voice, you must learn to breathe correctly and to let the breath come through a free open throat. Pliable articulatory organs are also essential. So these exercises are, uh, this is just to practice the sound of M. The lips should come together lightly but completely. The Mm. teeth should be separated. Mm-hmm. In exercises one to three, the sound M should open into the vowel without stopping the tone. So we've got like a few little notes here to practice M, and you are saying ma. For ah, the jaw should drop so that the mouth is comfortably open. So you go ma. Okay. Right. Now I know how to do that. Uh, you may have difficulty in pronouncing M entirely with the lips without feeling an accompanying attack in the throat. What? Attack? If you do, say, hmm, Hmm. blow a little breath through the nose before saying, hmm, and it results in, hmm, thereby keeping the sound placed well forward. Thus, the exercise will be, hmm, ah. Oh, he didn't find any music on this page. Oh. (laughs) Maybe because it's so short, it's just a a few notes Yeah, it's just a few notes. Might have to just guess. What is it? It's a. It's the same note. Uh, uh, every Ma. good boy. It's a B flat, A sharp. Oh, that was a different one. Okay. Well, anyway, wait. Do you go? No, that was this one. Was yeah, it? that was that was one. The last one. That was this but one. But this so one the is just the same one, note. So the first it's just one say. is one note. It's two whole notes, in four four time. So, ma. Or is it the first? The first whole note is m, mm, and then the second whole note is ah. So you go like. That's too long. I don't like that. (laughs) Well, it's an exercise. (laughs) And then we just got ma 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 ma. And then the last one. Last one. This app picked it up. Hold on, is it? Ma ma ma. Wait. No. <laughs> what did this app say? 
It didn't do the last oh, note. Oh, it didn't do it. Ma, ma, ma. I think yeah. that's what it is. Ma, ma, ma. Ready? All together. Ma, ma, ma. Ba, ba, ba. Ma, ma, ma. Do you remember doing those? No. Did you ever take choir? Uh-uh. No. We used to do like... You would just like sing something like that, like la 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 or whatever, and then they would just go up. Oh, you <laughs> up know, a key. we did have like a music class, and we did do funny voice things. <laughs> I guess we, I don't remember. This is bringing me anyway. back. Yeah, class lessons in singing. In exercise four to six, a clear, incisive S should precede E. Each sound should follow the other smoothly and without any break. This one has a lot of notes. C. Uh, is that how it goes? Yeah, something like that. See ya. See ya. See ya. I don't know how to read it. That's... <laughs> Hold on, let me try my app. Let's see what this says. First one. See ya. See ya. Just a variety sure. of C ahs with multiple notes and then fa 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 fa. Sing the following exercise with such syllables as fa, ma, no, etc., as well as with the alphabet and the so fa syllables. That's too what? It just wants you to make up your own syllables, I guess. <laughs> and then singing the alphabet. A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P. I guess that's oh, this all. is the, al- this is the, the alphabet, alphabet song. <laughs> a B C D E F G. Yeah, it is. H I J K L M N O P. We know this one all together. Q R S T U V. Oh, oops. W X Y and Z. All right. Do, mi, so, so, la. Oh, I guess you, the, actually this B is higher. A, B, C, D. Is that how it goes? Do, mi, so, so, la, la, so. Fa, fa, mi, mi, re, re, do. Do, mi, so, la, la, so. Fa, fa, mi, Oh, it is a little different. Re, re, do. It is a little different. Wow, that's a weird... Q-R-S-T-U-V. Wait, how does That's it... That's different. Oh, Q-R-S-T... Yeah, we, oh, go, we go down and this one's going up. Q-R-S-T-U-V. That's kind of nicer, isn't it? It's is nice. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Chapter 6, The Changing Voice. And one man in his time plays many parts. It's a Shakespeare quote. <laughs> It's just like there's a dot 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 there, and it's like yeah, like I need I need to hear more. That's not a full thought. Okay. <laughs> I guess this is about how puberty makes your voice. Uh, yeah. Makes your balls drop. Undoubtedly, the most interesting phenomena occur at the beginning of youth of, or at adolescence. Until this time, voices of boys and girls have presented no great variation in range both being commonly known as treble or soprano, early in the, quote, teens. <laughs> this was back when teens was like a new phrase. Oh, that's a new hip thing that kids are saying. <laughs> the vocal organs undergo marked alterations along with general physical development. The voice becomes different in range, power, and quality. We know that. Look at that diagram. Another diagram of the larynx also looks a bit like a vagina. But... Yeah, this one's a weirder vagina. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's just like very long and wide, isn't it? As a case in point, when the boy grows and develops, the thyroid cartilage pushes out, making what is commonly known as the Adam's apple. Since the vocal bands are attached to it, they too must extend. Therefore, they become considerably longer than the girls, whose larynx does not alter in the same manner. Hmm. I didn't know that they, the Adam's apple pushes your Oh, I guess I didn't out. either. That's interesting. Generally, in maturity, the man's voice is about an octave lower than the woman's. Ah. Uh... <laughs> I just sound like a frog. The voice is higher, low in pitch, and light or heavy in quality according to the length and thickness of the cords. Gross. <laughs> As a rule, the man's larynx is not only larger than the woman's, but it's also firmer. And better. That's what this is implying. The man's larynx is just better and cooler, and the woman's it is frail say, and fragile. Consequently, the male voice is usually less flexible than the female. Mm, okay. So take that. <laughs> so far, like, it keeps talking about man's voice and the voices of men. Yeah, I think that was just like a 30s thing. I know. <laughs> like, people just said man when they meant human. Human. <laughs> Chapter 7, Classification of Voices. Water and air he for the tenor chose. Earth made the base, the treble flame arose. Cowley. Hmm. What I'm about... Talking, talking about God. What about, uh, like, sopranos? Soprano? And altos. <laughs> we didn't get shit. No. <laughs> Brunhilde in Wagner's... It's a picture of Kirsten Flagstad with the, with, like, the Wagner Viking helmet and the mm -hmm. staff and what, whatnot. <laughs> She's a dramatic soprano as Brunhilde. <laughs> In Wagner's <laughs> Die Valkyrie. Wow. <laughs> Did I say it right? Nope. And here's a man, uh, dramatic tenor as Siegfried in Wagner's Güterdammerung. Güterdammerung. Wagner was a Nazi. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is a signed photo. Well, it's not really signed. <laughs> it's a picture of a signed photo. The Revelers. Note the easy posture, the hands, the open mouth, the natural, pleasant facial expression, all combining to ensure effective singing and fine platform presence. Hmm. It's fine. They're fine. It's a <laughs> it's a quartet of mm -hmm. uh, gentlemen who look like they're from the 30s. Yep. They do look very relaxed, although this says that, like, the hands are in a natural position. They look kind of awkward I know. To me. <laughs> I wish they were, like, in their pockets or something. Their hands are, like, just kind of dangling Hanging in front out. of them. <laughs> Hands are weird. Where are also, you there's to not them? enough hands. One of them doesn't have Wait. their hands out. Elbert. There's there's four people. <laughs> right. Elbert doesn't have his hands out. Where are his hands? Hold on. One, two, three. There's four people in five hands. Yeah. Something's <laughs> I think Robert's hiding a hand, okay. too. Mm, something weird about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> something weird's going on here. <laughs> All right. Chapter eight. Ensemble singing. God is its author and not man. He laid the keynote of all harmonies. He played all perfect combinations, and he made us so that we could hear and understand. From Brainerd. What a what a brain nerd. There's a lot of references to God in this uh, singing book. Well, it's probably like from some church choral teachers, isn't it? I don't know. I think, weren't the offers from universities? Oh, right. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. it was just a part of the... Part of the times, I guess. When singers perform without instrumental accompaniment, they are said to sing a cappella from the Italian meaning in chapel style. Oh. It refers to the fact that in the fifteenth and sixteenth centuries chapels were generally not provided with accompanying instruments. Hence the singing was unaccompanied. 
A cappella is often somewhat loosely used to designate the con- contrapuntal contrapuntal <laughs> style of compositions written in this era, era, such as the works of Palestrina, Lassus, and the Madrigalists. Yeah, That's you know them. A lot of words. Every choral conductor should train his group to sing many selections without instrumental accompaniment. This discipline will develop accuracy of intonation and purity of tonal blend in part singing. You think Pentatonix read this book? It is harder to sing a cappella, isn't it? Yeah, Pentatonix definitely took this advice. Well, here's a song. Yeah, it's a nice little a cappella song. Now the day is over. So this is in 4-4 time, written by Joseph Barnby, or S. Baring Gould, I don't know. <laughs> I think music by one, lyrics by the other, uh, maybe. I don't know how that works. Oh, it is playing both parts at the same mm-hmm. time. I think that was supposed last three measures are supposed to be the same. Oh well. It did its best. Yeah. Day is over. Night is drawing night. Oh. <laughs> I can't Steal follow along. across the sky. Oh. Evening steal across the sky. I, it's too hard. That is hard. hard. Acapella is hard. Singing is hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's all very hard. Okay, so here's a, a little what? Cartoon? Yeah. And it's called What to Do with the Hands. Several solutions for one of the serious problems confronting all who sing. See, that quartet earlier could have uh-huh. used this advice. I know. <laughs> Number one. Um, so it's, uh, what, a piano player and a singer. Mm-hmm. And the lady is singing. It says, cut up old stockings to supply material for booked rugs. For hooked rugs. Hooked rugs. This will make a vibrato useful as well as or- ornamental. Care should be taken to avoid runs and darned places. What? <laughs> Care should be taken to avoid runs and darned places in the middle register. It's a joke because, like, runs are in stockings uh-huh. and in singing. Okay. Very, very funny. I get it. <laughs> All right, number two is a guy, like, cutting something. Sharpen pencils on narrow vowels when singing intervals expected to be one or more hexameters flat. Well placed behind the ear, the point directed backward and westward, one such pencil may help in focusing those tones which, for the sake of a perfectly equalized scale, should seem to emanate from the spectacles of the accompanist. All right. (laughs) These are interesting jokes. Okay. (laughs) Three, tear up telephone books, particularly to be recommended for highly strung soloists with orchestra who are tempted to strangle the conductor or toss tear bombs into the percussion. (laughs) It's a way to get your anger out, I guess. (laughs) And number four, do card tricks or tell fortunes? Dependable first aid in severe cases of coloratura. That's the second time we've heard that. I don't know what that means. Coloratura. Coloratura. I don't know. To over to overcome stage fright or sudden weakness due to gruppetto or mesa de voce, point pathetically to the two of clubs and think soulfully on the four of diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. It's very funny. It's such a 1937 uh-huh. comic strip. <laughs> this chapter is about vowels. Yeah, and there's a little. 
uh, some photos of how to pronounce these vowels, which I don't know how this is supposed to help you. I mean, I guess you can try to shape your mouth in this form, but like, if you can't hear someone saying it, uh. <laughs> how would you know? Ah, uh, a a aw e. E. Mouth is not so open when singing on lower middle range pitch, more like a, the tone produced in speaking. E. 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 Me, me, ma, mo, mu. Ma, 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 ma. Ma. I don't know, was it? Um, this is a song called In the Gloaming. What is a gloaming? The lyrics go, In the gloaming, oh my darling, when the lights are dim and low. In the gloaming, oh my darling, when the lights are dim. That's not how it goes. So yeah, in the gloaming, I don't, I don't know what that, is, what that means. And the song context doesn't help either. Alexa, what does gloaming mean? Gloaming is usually defined as twilight, dusk. Oh, oh. twilight. Oh, you know, that does make sense. When the lights are dim and low and the quiet shadows falling softly come and softly go. I've never heard that before. I haven't that must either. be like a real old timey way to say Twilight. Okay, so before they were showing us all the ways to pronounce A and like ah, and now on this page, after all the questions and activities uh-huh. and the music, is how to say O oh and ooh. <laughs> <laughs> You'll figure it out. <laughs> Chapter 12 is about diphthongs. Diphthong. <laughs> I, th- I thank you for your voices. Thank you, your most sweet voices. Another Shakespeare quote. Yeah, what does that have to do with diphthongs? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Are any of those diphthongs? Mina, what's a diphthong? Well, according to this book, certain words in our language require a linking or fusion of vowel sounds for pronunciation. Such combinations are known as diphthongs or compound vowels. To form them, the articulatory organs move from one vowel position to another without making any articulatory break. Therefore, the result is a continuous gliding tone. Words with such compound vowels are house, house, now, now, aisle. aisle. See, like aisle is one that makes sense to me. I don't know about house. House? Is it because you're supposed to say house? Yeah, you say house. <laughs> you say my. My. Yeah, okay. Bowie. Oil. Oil. See, some of these make sense to me, and other ones like Listen, boy, I, I, feel I, like, I, well, I found that um, when I was reading about dip, diphthongs <laughs> a while ago, there are a lot of words that you don't think are diphthongs, but then if you just say them slow, then they are. Right. like. Uh, like oi, because you think like, of you think of oi as just like one sound, but I guess it is like oi, oi, oi. View news, news, news. <laughs> Beauty. See, like that one definitely. Oh, here you go. Beauty. In in house, the vowels a and u, as in Luke, are the sounds <laughs> heard most prominently. House. house. In aisle, a and house. e, as in it. Wait, what? A. And I, I, as in it, yeah. are linked. I'll. 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 Did, pe- did people say I'll? I'll. <laughs> like, this, like, that sounds southern, southern. right? I'll. In oil, aw, uh, as in all, and I, as in it. I'll. <laughs> I'll. Wow, is this I'll. a southern thing? This might be a southern thing. I'll. 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 Because, yeah, there's no other way to say aw, uh, as in all. Uh, oil. 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 
Oil. Now I don't know how to pronounce this word. Oil. <laughs> Oil. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's diphthongs for you. That I guess is just saying, you know, in singing, you have to smoothly change from one vowel to the next. And then the, there's just more pictures of singers. Uh, at this point, it feels kind of like they just threw this in uh-huh, for, for filler. Because, like, what, these don't have to do with diphthongs. They're just tenors and sopranos and whatnot. I mean, they, they look nice. Yeah, they're fine. But why are they in this book? <laughs> These are some examples of singers. <laughs> this could okay. be you. Here's an exercise. Speak and sing the following words, bearing in mind directions given for correct production of diphthongs. My thigh. Oh, <laughs> I already did a bad. It was thy, not thigh. My thy, sigh, nigh. Mind, find, bind, kind. Now, how, vow, thou, sound, ground, mound, bound. All right. So there's a lot here. (laughs) And then it's just showing you how to split up the diphthong, I guess. So, like, you can say, my, Hmm. or you can say quickly, my, thigh, sigh, nigh. My. Yeah. So that's a good example of what she was talking about, that you you have to decide when you're going to split my. them up. So, like, probably about after the second note. My. My. <laughs> that sounds weird. My. My. <laughs> that sounds bad. All right. So there we go. We learned something. Okay. So chapter 16, pronunciation. Words once spoke can never be recalled. That's true. That is true. Gotta think about what you want to say and you gotta say it. <laughs> <laughs> or don't. Or don't. Um, so, pronunciation of English, like other languages, is subject to change from time to time and place to place. If you listen to elderly people converse, you may find that many of them often pronounce words quite differently from the current usage. Like all? <laughs> like all. All. House. Uh, if you travel to different sections of the country, you will hear different pronunciations. To illustrate, the pronunciation of a simpler word as after will not be generally the same in the southern part of the U.S. as in the eastern, and neither form will be commonly heard in the Middle West. Well, the, I guess the, I guess they used to call the Midwest <laughs> Middle West. Wow. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Um, never heard it called Middle that. Middle uh, So I guess, like, what, after would be, Ofta. like, the... What? Wait. Would that be southern or eastern? You'd be like, I'm going to go there after. Hmm. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, after is definitely Midwest. That's us, right? After. 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 No, that's English. (laughs) (laughs) After. That's. After. After. (laughs) That's east. (laughs) And then southern is what? I feel like they say ah. I feel like. I feel like, like if that. if I'm going somewhere after, hmm, uh, that ain't right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Okay. Uh, for example, it would not be correct to say lighty, as in tidy, for lady, wit or wid, for with, git, for get, even if the voice is well modulated and pleasing. <laughs> She's saying during singing. Oh. You shouldn't use your accent. Lighty. Lighty. <laughs> or wid. Say the following distinctly and correctly. An ocean. A notion. A nice box. 
An icebox. This sage. This age. It would be hard to not, like, mush yeah. those together. Take care. Take air. Like clocks. Like, like locks. Whither went the witch? Witch, witch. Witch, witch. Witch, witch. Whither went the witch? <laughs> All's well that ends well. Sweetest sweets of summer's keeping. These are kind of difficult to, to mm. say. Sweetest sweets of summer's keeping. This one is look up the definition of obligato and note what the word describes in present day usage. Alexa, what's obligato? As an adjective, obligato is usually used as a musical direction, obligatory or indispensable, so important that it cannot be omitted. As a noun, obligato is usually defined as an obligato part or accompaniment. All right, I don't know how we're supposed to compare it to what the word describes in present day usage because I don't use it. So, good exercise. 17. Articulation. Speak the speech, I pray you, as I pronounced it to you trippingly on the tongue. But if you mouth it as many of our players do, I had as leaf the town crier spake my lines. <laughs> From Shakespeare. Okay, so here are some articulation exercises. A big black bug bit a big black bear. A big black bug bit a big black bear. That one's not too bad. Eight gray gray... Oops. <laughs> eight, eight great gray geese grazing gaily into Greece. Eight great gray geese grazing gaily into Greece. Some shun... Wait. Some shun sunshine. Oh. Do you shun sunshine? <laughs> I like to not understand. I forgot what the word shun meant for mm. a second. Five wise wives weave withered withes. Wives? Wives? I don't know. Five wise wives weave withered wives. Whoa. Wives. Wives. <laughs> a tutor who tooted the flute tried to tutor two tutors to toot. Said the two to the tutor, is it easier to toot? Then to tutor, to tutors, to toot. <laughs> I like that I know, joke. that's a fun one. <laughs> oh, this is a classic. We all know this one. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. If Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, how many peppers did Peter Piper pick? They left out the second line. What's the second line? Uh, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. A peck of pickled peppers Peter Piper picked. If Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, um, how many peppers did Peter Piper picked? They left it out. Maybe they didn't know it back then. <laughs> how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? If a woodchuck could chuck all the wood he could chuck, a woodchuck could chuck wood. I keep messing these up. She says seashell. No. She says she sells seashores by the seashore. No. She says she sells seashells by the seashore, and the shells she sells are seashells, I'm sure. That's I have never fun. heard it that way. She says she... I like that one. She says she sells seashells by the seashore, and the shells she sells... All right. <laughs> and the shells... That was too hard. Uh, Peter Prangle, the prickly, prangly pear picker, picked three pecks of prickly, pangly, prangly pears. From the Pringly pear trees on the pretty pra pleasant prairies. That one sounds like a ripoff of Peter one's Piper. Definitely ripping off Peter Piper, right? They're both named Peter. <laughs> Theophilus Thistle, the successful thistle sifter, in sifting a sieve full of unsifted thistles, thrust three thousand thistles through the thick of his thumb. Ouch. <laughs> Amidst the mists and coldest frosts, with 
stoutest wrists and loudest boasts. He thrusts his fists against the posts and still insists he sees the ghosts. <laughs> that was a lot of... <laughs> That's going to be real fun to listen to. Yeah, I'm sure this is very pleasant. <laughs> Diction. Diction. So all my best is dressing old words new, said Shakespeare. Diction is the way or style of pronouncing words. It embraces the manner of utterance of component parts as vowels, consonants, and syllables, and the relation of one word to another. Good diction is singing means correct. Oh, good diction and singing means correct pronunciation, distinct and quick articulation, and the right tone production. It requires that the breath be sufficient and well controlled, and that the articulatory organs be highly flexible. It, what's the difference between diction and articulation? I don't. I, don't, I guess I don't know. Uh, I guess maybe diction is everything. Like, it's how you pronounce the word as well as how you separate it from other words. Sometimes it is troublesome to pronounce some words in a song. For example, to sing a high note with a word that ends in a particular consonant may be difficult, and to form it in the usual way may ruin the quality of tone. You can sometimes solve the problem if you sing the vowel and then practically speak the consonant. This requires that you stop the singing sound for a fraction of a second before you pronounce the consonant. So if you have the word boat, sing bow and then quietly say the T. So, so so this is what not to do. This is boat, right? Is that wrong? I think that's what... And yeah. then this one is boat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And yeah, because you wouldn't say Boat. Boat. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> Whereas it sometimes may be hard to produce a final consonant and still maintain right tonal quality, a consonant at the beginning of a word on a high tone usually helps place the tone. Pronounce it thoughtfully and place the consonant on the same level as the vowel. So sing L on the same plane as O for low. Low. I don't know. I, I don't know what that means. I don't either. know nothing about singing. <laughs> a lot of sample songs. Every I'm, I have heard of any of these songs in here and i understand that these are like exercise songs but still like the sailor's life who is sylvia <laughs> that's a song i guess huh <laughs> you know what this might explain it a lot of them are from scenes of plays oh this is a song based on a scene in a shakespeare play mm. two gentlemen of verona so yeah it's just kind of like songs that no one would ever know which i guess is maybe good for practicing singing if you don't know the song ahead of time i don't know now this is interesting um this is about the monotone uh and this whole song this song is called sorry this song is called the monotone and the entire song is one note i think for the singer which is kind of spooky like do you see this yeah it's all just uh let's see what is that a g it's a G all the way through, and the note, like, the, the rhythms are different. I don't know what this note is supposed to be, but I'm just going to say. I hear a tone so wondrous rare, it fills my heart is ever there. That's spooky. Isn't that spooky? And that's the entire song. And it's talking about, like, death and uh, stuff. Can it be the last faint breath that stirred thy pallid lips ere death? That's so spooky. scary. Also, it is in German underneath. I just oh, you gotta do it in German. Ist es der Hauch, der dir entschwebt, 
Als einmal noch dein Mund gebebt. <laughs> it's spooky. It's like those, um, what do you, what were those like old, what are those old things called? Like the chants that they used to do in churches. Yeah. What were those called? Like the, like the chants. I think that's what they were called. <laughs> well, yeah. So like they used to do s- s- choral singing, not choral, but just like singing like this in church. Gregorian. Yeah. And they, and it was like. It's creepy. Yeah. Amen. Remember that shit? Mm, yeah. Being in church. <laughs> so that's kind of creepy, and that's an exercise in here. So I guess it makes you better at singing. I don't know. This is chapter twenty-six. We skipped over a lot of things that just kind of go into the weeds on, like reading music and stuff. But this is about embellishments. A plaining song, plain singing voices require for warbling notes from inward cheering flow. <laughs> this is about warbling, I guess. Mm. Uh, tones added to the essential or principal notes of a melody for decorative or other purposes are called embellishments or mm. orna- ornamental tones. They became numerous and prominent in music as early as the 16th century. No doubt a reason for their popularity was that early keyboard instruments lacked the sustaining power of our modern piano. Oh, so you'd have to like keep going because the piano, uh, yeah, the piano yeah. note died yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in addition, ornamental tones gave opportunity for a display of vocal dexterity in vogue at that time. I feel like you see a lot of that in like the American Idol and the what haves you, and they and they just go on these runs of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was cool in like. Well, it's, I mean, <laughs> and I don't wanna love I think it was cool. I mean, people still do it, obviously. But I think it was really cool in, like, the mid-2000s, like, around 20, you know, Mm -hmm. 2007 or something, like, Christina Aguilera and Mm. stuff. And it's kind of, like, not as popular now. But that that is an interesting tidbit, though, that they would need to add an extra, like, run or something in there because the note note on the piano ran out. That's funny. Luna's singing. This chapter is about trilling, and she always trills, our cat Luna. She always goes... (laughs) (laughs) The term mordant, indicated by the sign squiggly line, (laughs) is taken from the French word mordre, meaning to bite. It was applied probably because the ornament is really a part of the trill. It consists usually of three tones. First, the one represented by the printed note. Second, the one below it. And third, the printed note or tone of departure. Again, this is kind of getting in the weeds, but the trill is a rapid al- alternation of two notes to the full value of the printed one. Perfect trill closes with a turn. I don't know what that means. Although you may not encounter the trill often in songs you sing or possibly may not be able to perform it as quickly and perfectly as it should be, yet you should know what it is and through practicing realize to some degree the finely attuned mechanism it takes to sing it well. Well, Boodle's already really good at I it. I know. Our our kitty has perfected the trill. <laughs> do you want to try, try and do a trill here? Is that... What's the... So one of them's a mordant, and then the mordant, this is a trill? The mordant is the name of a sign, I think. This is a trill. Right. So let's see. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Is that a trill? Morning. Actually, maybe it is. Because the, the written, you know part of that song is good morning good morning 
Like, that's the first part that she sings. And then later she goes, good morning, good morning. It's great to stay open. I don't know if it counts as a trill if it's not fast, though. Hmm. I think it has to be pretty fast. So I think this is what it's talking about. So it says... Oh, it doesn't trill it. Do, do, do. Go awake, 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 ring. Wait, play it again. How does this do it? I'm going to try it. Wake, awake, 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 ring children's words. Did I do it? Manny, you did so good. Children's <laughs> words. It does sound like that, doesn't it? Okay. Children's words. <laughs> okay, then there were just a bunch more um, exercise songs, which we're, we're just going to skip over those. In the appendix, um, there's a section on foreign languages and how you can pronounce vowels from different languages mm. in English. Because I guess if you're singing like opera and stuff, you'll come across a lot of like Italian and stuff like that. Mm, that makes sense. So the Italian symbol A sounds like the A in father. Italian E closed sounds like fate. Oh, A. Mm. So it looks like E, but yeah, A. And then E open sounds like bell. I sounds like C. So E. I feel like we know this, right? Yeah, I feel like we already know <laughs> like this. Like, by looking What's at Italian, German, you can kind of figure you, it out. You know how German works. What's all yeah, this? Is this right? So Did they German, mess it up? The, the Italian explanation was very simple, and the German one is a little more... A vowel is usually short before two consonants. However, a long root sound is retained before affixes. The German A long is pronounced like father. True. A short is similar to long sound, but of shorter duration. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still off, but it's quick. <laughs> a umlaut long sounds like der, which is kind of true. Um, it sounds like eh, der. Eh. It's close. A short sounds like met. That's that's actually true. Yeah, that is true. E long sounds like they. E short sounds like bell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. Works for me. Wow, there's oh, so there's much a more. Lot of I, I just turned the page and it's just all how to pronounce things in German. Yeah, German's weird, isn't it? U umlaut long has no English equivalent. It is formed by rounding the lips as when saying ooh and good. With the tongue in position for E as in C. Oh, I've never heard that description before. So the U umlaut sounds mm. like U. It doesn't have an English equivalent. But let's see. So if you say U as in good. Isn't that how they teach it to you? It's like, it's like U. U so you say E, but then you round your lips like U. So e it's like E. U. E. U. E. That's close. I don't think that's I thought that's right. how they taught. That's how you taught me, um, I thought. No, I don't think I ever taught you right. <laughs> e. See, I feel like that's close, but when you say e, your tongue is kind of flat, e, right? But with the u, it's kind of a little bit round. E. E. Anyways, and then they just give a bunch of suggestions of songs. This first, this very first soprano suggestion is called "Where the Bee Sucks." <laughs> 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 that bee is nasty. <laughs> There's some strange titles. A fairy went a marketing. <laughs> <laughs> you know that old hymn. Yeah, that old chestnut. 
And just like, wow, a lot of suggestions for songs. And it's separated by, like, bass, sacred solos. <laughs> All about God and stuff. Oh. Um, that's actually pretty useful if you're a, a professional singer. Yeah. And you to just have a list, a, a list of songs like that. Gotta pick a sacred song to sing. And there's a glossary. You could look up coloriture. Oh, no, yeah. coloriture is soprano. A voice of high range and of great natural flexibility capable of brilliant effects. Oh. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was referring to, like, a soprano. Interesting. I watched The Sopranos. Here, I'll give you a little quiz. Okay? Okay. To end this book. Yeah. I'll say a word and you tell me. Or should I say the description and you tell me what the word is? I don't know. You pick. Uh... Very loud. Oh, that's like a mezzo. No, it's like a for a for a for for. It's like a. Am I close? You're very close. For is it forte? No, forte uh, is just loud. Oh, uh, this is ff. Oh, forte, forte. No, <laughs> fortissimo. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Here, you ask me one. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Arpeggio. Um, arpeggios are. Let's see, because, you know, in the Aristocats, mm. <laughs> and she sings that song about your scales and your arpeggios, uh, scales go, like, all the way up or all the way down. I think arpeggios are when you go, like, like by two notes at a time or something, or three or something like that, where it's like, da-da-da-da-da-da. It's when you take a chord <laughs> and you play the notes of the chord oh. individually. Yeah, I was well, kind of close. I knew that it was like you only sing two or three notes, but I don't. I don't remember what it was. What is opera? What is opera? Yeah. Um, it's like a play that you sing. I guess so. <laughs> what is baritone? It's like um, lower than bass, or it's higher than bass, mm. or it's the same as bass. <laughs> I know. I feel like people use bass and baritone like interchangeably, but it's between tenor and bass. Huh. Is there an equivalent for women like between soprano and alto? Uh, mezzo-soprano. You want to know something interesting? They don't even mention... I noticed that they weren't talking about altos at all. They don't even have the word alto in here. Maybe that wasn't a word back then. Maybe it wasn't. Mezzo-soprano, woman's voice between soprano and contralto. Oh, contralto. Where's That's that? what they call it. Um, contralto, the heaviest in quality and usually the lowest in range of women's voices. So alto used to be called contralto. Mm, wait, is alto, alto the highest? No, alto's lowest. Lowest, oh. Yeah. And soprano's the highest? So alto is a is short for contralto? I guess so. Wow. Yeah, it's soprano's like the highest. Cello and then... is short for violoncello. I, I read that. <laughs> wow. There's just so many things to learn here. Who yes. knew music had so many words about it <laughs> and so many things that you had to know? It's a trip. Well, we've come to the end. Then there's an index about all the songs and all the crap that's in the book. And that's it. That's We're done. the end of the book. So do you know how to sing now? <laughs> I don't think so. Not any more than before. I guess not. But we did learn how to breathe. We and learned, we learned how, to how to... Dicks, um, diction. Dictate. We learned, our, oh. we learned our articulation. We learned our diphthongs, like <laughs> house, like owl. 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 <laughs> and owl. 
And uh, right at the end there, we learned what a um, a baritone and a contralto and a mezzo-soprano are. So wow. there we go. Life lessons. You know what I also just noticed about the outside of this book? It has like like ridges, like lines in it. Oh, like and the music staff. Yeah, the lines are like the five lines, like like the right treble music. staff. That's wow. fun. <laughs> Anyways, so that was that was good. I liked this book. It's a useful book for learning how to sing. Yeah. Um, I wish that we knew how to read music or that the <laughs> app worked and didn't cost $13. Yeah, the app wasn't that good. We don't recommend it. What was it called? I don't remember. Okay, uh, good. <laughs> well, listen, it works some of the times, and I'm sure that if I had bought the paid version, it might have worked more. It's called Play Score Light. Score light. You know, if you're a musician and you're looking for something to quickly read music and you want to pay $13 for it, it's probably a good choice. It's probably fine. But just for fun, it, it wasn't. Or that find good. a better option. I don't know. <laughs> or, you know, if you're a musician, probably, probably learn, learn to how read. to read music. <laughs> learn to read music, that would help. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for learning how to sing with us. I hope that you were singing along. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure we made it really easy to sing along. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, yeah, thanks for going on this little singing journey with us. Um, we'll we'll catch you next time. Bye, bye. I love you. <laughs>